Hello, and welcome to The Worst Person in the Room. I'm your host, Teresa Francesca, and today I'll be talking with Reese about masculinity in what I keep calling an SAT subject type of episode. And this will be another episode that is in two parts. So the second part will come out next week, next time I upload, because I keep talking to people for like two hours at a time. And I don't really want to get into Gilmore Guys length episodes, especially since I'm kind of just starting this show still. Although for the record, I love Gilmore Guys episodes that are super long because I would listen at work. So an episode that was like six hours long of Gilmore Guys was like exactly perfect. Just take up most of my day. What if I just recorded an entire episode that was me talking about another podcast? That would be great, right? Okay, anyway, here I am with my guest Reese and we're talking about masculinity. So let's get into it. So, hi. Hi, Reese. <laughs> um, can you tell me about the, we're going to talk about masculinity today. It's going to be like an SAT subject test is how I keep referring to this episode whenever I talk about it. Uh, so we're going to cover masculinity. So can you tell me about uh, how masculinity played into your development as a person? Yeah, I mean, um, I I guess masculinity to me has a lot of negative connotations to it because I felt like I never lived up to the unspoken rules or script that I was sort of handed throughout my childhood and um, even to some extent continuing today, although not not nearly as bad as it used to be. Um, Can you tell me what those scripts were that you couldn't live up to or felt you couldn't? Yeah, so I think the prime... Um, I think I associated masculinity or being a boy, you know, as, as I knew it as a kid, as being, you know, big, strong good at sports, confident, and someone, and as I got older, someone who could, like, you know, get women to be, like, I don't know. Change in the basement? Yes. (laughs) I mean, I guess that was the the unspoken end goal. Our apartment is kind of like a basement, (laughs) so. Yeah, we don't have any chains yet, but. uh, I should have got that belt I saw today. It's mostly a chain. So. Yeah, and, and I felt like I never, I didn't live up to it. Um, I was terrible, still am terrible at sports. Um, <laughs> but the reason why sports were so important, or at least it seemed like they were important, was like in elementary and especially in middle school when like boys started to play sports, it became like a big thing. And like recess went from like playing on the playground to playing sports on Ew. a field. Gross. And I was terrible at it. I have some really horrible memories of just being mocked mercilessly by the other lads because I couldn't catch a freaking football as if that was so f- important. That's a weird shape. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not a It's like a giant lemon made yeah. of cow. It's like a brown lemon with stripes on it. It's not yeah, I feel like it's designed to be as difficult to catch <laughs> as possible. Like, we don't want you to catch this ball. You have to overcome yeah. being able to catch this ball. It has to ball. be, like, spiraling toward you in just the right direction. Yeah, and, and, and then whenever I would catch it on rare occasions, occasions, it would hurt like hell. You know, it's like... What, would you catch it with your face? What? <laughs> no, I would catch it with my hands, and, and then, like, my thumbs would be all disjointed. Like, this, this is a humongous egg thing that i've just caught oh and now i have to run with it thanks it's just it, or or get pummeled and get pummeled it just it it didn't make any sense to me it still doesn't like sports i get why people are into them like i get the whole competitive aspect and some sports are kind of fun to watch if i'm really bored but i don't get the idea that sports makes you good like being good at sports means you're like a man it's uh, it's like it's like a a substitute for war i guess or mm. something is what i think it is what is it good for what is a good war i said what is it good for it was oh. a joke oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah welcome well. to teresa explains jokes to <laughs> the person she lives with <laughs> <laughs> well the more you explain them the funnier they get yeah yeah so so yeah, sports was a big part of it. 
Um, also getting girls like I developed later than uh, I think many guys. And I just remember starting middle school with guys who were like already into puberty um, not into it like the way that you'd be into I've like researched everything about puberty. <laughs> Don't tell me you're into puberty too. Do you know puberty's dad's name? <laughs> I was into puberty before it went mainstream. Mm. Um, but yeah, they were already like a couple years along in their whole puberty process, and I <laughs> was not. And so they were taller than me. They you know had deeper voices, and I got bullied. Like I remember biking home and getting bullied by by boys who were just bigger than I was. And that's another thing that I associated with is just like, oh, I'm not I'm not manly enough because I'm not big enough or I'm not strong enough or, you know, I don't have feelings for girls yet um, when other guys did. I remember, like, some guy saying, oh, she's really hot. And I was like, yeah, she sure is. I'm, like, 12. And I, don't, don't, I still don't know what hot means. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't really... I mean, I get objectively, she fits all those things that I'm told are hot, but I don't feel anything. I mean, and, you know, I eventually did, of course, start feeling things, but I don't know. It's just, you know, so the idea of, like, being able to get women and being, like, attractive to women and, like, someone who would get, you know, I guess sleep with multiple women, like you were, like, the player or whatever. Like, that was something that was really associated with masculinity. Um yeah, so I guess I have a lot of negative connotations with it. I also am very uh, aware of hyper-masculinity, and I'm really not a fan of it. Um, how it it just it just turns people into jerks, um, and you know this idea of strict gender roles and women being inferior because they're not as strong or they're too emotional or whatever bullshit that is and how it played into the election and all that stuff. And, and I don't know. I, I mean, I don't, I guess, I guess I could say I'm not a fan of masculinity, but I'm trying (laughs) to, I'm trying to see the good side of it, too. Yeah, masculinity is tough because it's like, yeah, because it's like masculinity itself is not like necessarily bad, but it's been, you know, it's been used in such a way to hurt everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Even those, you know, even those with more power, more social and economic power. Yeah. It's very destructive towards men. Um everyone yeah i was gonna say so i guess one positive thing that i'm take from masculinity is physical strength um which i know sounds like oh you know physical strength to do what and you know to dominate people but no just like being able to help with like carrying all the groceries yeah with physical (laughs) strength um like i know i definitely my physical strength can help you shut up um a lot (laughs) i have difficulty with objects (laughs) like like being able to um i don't know i was gonna say serve people physically but that 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 didn't uh come out the way i wanted it to um you know but you you know for instance you know being able to carry groceries or being able to pick up large objects and move things and and even being able to endure things like you know hiking on a trail for a long time or if like I needed to get help like being able to hike or run and stuff like that like I like that I think another thing which I'm still too chicken shit to do but I'm also because I'm male and I'm white I find myself in a lot of other white male spaces and especially mainly at work those are often white males that don't share a lot of the same values that I do and I could if I just grew, almost like grew a pair and you know another masculine thing um but like if I had the courage <laughs> to like be like hey don't say that about black people or don't say that about women or don't say that about Hillary Clinton or don't say you know what I'm saying like 
spaces where it seems like misogyny should be safe. Like I do remember um, one guy that I trained and I was in the lunchroom and I had a, uh, I had a meeting with a client and later on uh, after the meeting, for some reason he asked me if this client was good looking yeah what? Why? <laughs> i don't know and i was like i told him i was like i don't like to talk about women that way like i don't like to i don't want to be that guy I, I i don't remember exactly the words but i use i use but i it was like one of the few times where i was actually like you know i'm not going to i don't i just i told him like i don't like to talk about women like that like i don't like to rate women or talk about the appearance of women when they're not around like we're you know, like we're trying to, like we're judging them. I only rate women when they're in the line yes. in front of me. Yes. Oh, when when they're in when front of me, I'm me. always like, you know, you're a seven, you're a six. No, no, <laughs> I don't do that at all. But you are seven, you are six. Please go home. Why are you in elementary school? But I said that, and he was like, oh, okay, that's fine. And you know, maybe, maybe it might have made a difference. Maybe next time he'll before he maybe he'll be like, oh, you know what? I'm not even going to ask. You know. Maybe. I don't know. And maybe if I did that more often. What sucks is uh, I just worry. Was he like looking for someone? Huh? Was he looking for someone? Was he just like. I don't know why he asked that question. I mean, he was a prowling? young guy. I don't know. I pro- I'm assuming he's single. I hope that he's single. Um, it was it was so weird. It was so out of the blue. I have no idea why. I think maybe he'd set up the meeting over the phone. Mm-hmm. And maybe he wanted to know what she look like he he likes her voice yeah or something like that and so i guess another positive thing about masculinity is that you know in masculine spaces i could be well yeah i could be a um source of like set an example of of feminism or try i i wish i I need to have more courage because I'm afraid of alienating people that I work with yeah. on a daily basis, you know, <laughs> I guess. Yep. <laughs> well, besides stressing out over the Jews at work, you also sing. I do. Do you think um, masculinity or gender roles or anything has played a role in your um, your experience with music over your life um (laughs) well there's the obvious there's you know my voice part uh tenor which is a usually male role but not always um and i guess actually being a tenor you know, a male who sings on the higher end of the spectrum is actually uh, very much a blessing and and almost a privilege because it's it's a very there's not a lot they're in the minority of guys who sing. Got first of all, guys who sing on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of us, yeah. and then guys who sing tenor. There's even fewer of them. So in a way, it makes me kind of a, a like almost a commodity. Yeah. If I were to try to make it into music. I mean, I believe in commodifying yourself whenever it helps. <laughs> I'm probably going to have to if I want to. <laughs> well, I am going to have to if I actually do want to make a living in music, which I still oscillate on. But, mm-hmm. um, and, and it was funny. My voice teacher, who is female, who is a soprano, I was talking. I was talking to her about this. I was like, you know, I'm I'm in my early 30s. I mean, I'm thinking of maybe trying to make a career as like a folk singer or some sort of singer. But you know, aren't I starting kind of late? Aren't most of the people who do this? They, you know, it's one of their dreams that they've had since they were like a child, and they they spend all their 20s, you know, getting all their education. Aren't I starting late? And she's like, you're a tenor. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right. So that's kind of helped. Um, I mean, I do find in, uh, there's in most choral spaces, there are more women than men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the directors have a tendency to be male. Um, not always. That was though. such a weird voice. <laughs> well, directors have a tendency to be male. Yeah. Except for, of course, Malora Creeker. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You're the only one who... Uh, I'm the only one who cares. 
worst. <laughs> I found out that she was like the music director. Oh, Rasputina. At, at the um the, at a church in Troy. Hmm. So I, mean, I don't know if they have a choir. To be fair, but like, yeah, <laughs> I was excited. I mean, I was never made to, to feel less than for being involved in music um, as a male, because most of the spaces that, because I was in band and that was very male and female. Like there was, there didn't seem to be a gender imbalance. Um, but I mean, I don't think gender even. <laughs> I was gonna say gender doesn't exist in band. Just the <laughs> instruments overtake everyone's bodies. <laughs> You trade in your genitals for a flute. And you are only a vessel for this clarinet, <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> Sarah Net. You think you were going to be Sarah forever? <laughs> You're just the clarinet's voice. <laughs> or the clarinet's breath. <laughs> I don't know about clarinet. Fuck clarinets. I have a violin. I can't hey. do anything. I'm sorry. Clar- I, didn't, I didn't mean that it was offensive to clarinets. Just... There are so many clarinet listeners to this podcast that yes. you have just Clar- offended. Clarinet listeners, they have overtaken their the players' bodies. You have just sorry, Sarah. I love your name, especially if it ends in an H. Actually, I was going to say especially if it ends in an H. I'm like, no, I like it without an H too. Also, there's a thousand spellings of Sarah. I shouldn't mention any of them. Yes. Are you, are you going to go off on an I love angry, most of you equally. angry <laughs> diatribe about the proper <laughs> spellings of Sarah? I have feelings about H's, though. So the fact that I like Sarah with and without an H is like, it's beautiful no matter what. Four letters, five letters. It's, it's still lovely. <laughs> Just like visually. What? Nothing. You had a moment of silence and I was scared. I mean, this is... Moment of silence for all the Sarahs whose names are spelled wrong. What? That's what I was trying to have before you interrupted it. What were you? Okay. I was. Right. Also, you really should apologize to all the clarinetists who listen to this podcast. I'm sorry, clarinetist. Um, you offer a valuable gift to this world that no one else can, and certainly not the tromboners. They cannot take, they cannot fill your uh, role in the world. No one can. Um. Anyway, speaking of names, what do you? Oh, I thought you were gonna say speaking of boners. No, I'm never. I'm almost never gonna say speaking of boners while recording anything. Hmm. Almost. Well, yeah. I mean, right now. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> do you have any feelings on masculinity and gender roles and? whatever etc related things in conjunction with names since because oh, i have a gender neutral name a beautiful gender neutral name i mean uh occasionally a lot of people didn't know my gender like whenever i would fill out a form and turn it into something like i think on one of the forms that i filled out for one of the high schools that i applied for i think it was like Blake Performing Arts High School or something, they didn't know what my gender was. And so they sent, like, back an ambiguous response. Like, I got an acceptance letter, but, like, it's like they weren't sure what my gender was. I mean, Um, that seems almost ideal to be, like, genderless (laughs) on paper. Yeah, especially at a performing arts place. I mean... Yeah. (laughs) Why don't you go there? (laughs) That's a very good question. Um, (laughs) It's like, why did you end up going to King or whatever? (laughs) Well... Huh. I didn't have a fucking choice of high school. <laughs> the reason I didn't... Well, okay. So at the time I played oboe, um, which I wasn't going to be playing much longer. Because um, I would kill all oboes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to turn everyone who plays clarinet and oboe into an enemy. And But I sometimes I think if I'd gone there, I probably would have switched from oboe, oboe to vocals and maybe even picked up the guitar. Um, but... I went to King because it's where the IB program was, and mm-hmm. I had this idea that, like, oh, if I, you know, go there, I'm going to be more successful because I'm going to, you know, go to, it's it's an accelerated program. You can get into any college you want, at least in Florida, and mm. Bright Futures would pay for all of it. I was thinking very, like, financial and career success. Um, and I remember, I think, when I made the decision my parents were like, yeah, you know, we, I, 
we were hoping you would choose that kind of reinforcing that whole idea that's another thing yeah masculinity and like financial success oh yeah are very (laughs) very very much tied together Mm -hmm. like the idea of you will go to school and you will do well and you will go to college and you will do well preferably in business and then when you get out of college you'll work for some firm and you'll rise to the top or you'll start your own firm and then you'll become financially successful and wealthy and that's all very much tied in with masculinity it's not enough to be like doing fine in life like it's not enough to be happy yeah exactly exactly it's not enough my parents were always like yeah we like you know we definitely want you to go to college and do well and do all these things but i was also you know i'm like i'm Teresa. i'm like i'm just gonna do that anyway i like (laughs) school i love school i want to do school um (laughs) but yeah but their emphasis was more way more like happy over successful i feel like yeah whereas and and my parents never explicitly said we're going to disown you if you don't do this but there was always this undercurrent this unwritten rule especially as i got older in school and especially once i got to the ib program of like you have to you have to get to sprint through life like you can't you can't just jog or walk at a leisure, leisurely pace. You got to sprint. You got to be on top. You got to be number one. You got to be successful. You got to be really smart and earn a lot of money and all this, and be very busy and very effective. And you know, like like you have to be if you're not like the CEO of something or like the um, you know the the top earning salesperson or like the business owner. If you're not one of those types of professional people, then you're lacking. You know, you're less than. And I think that idea is very much tied in with masculinity, Um, especially as someone who couldn't, you know, who's never been like physically strong or physically powerful. Then since you can't dominate people physically and I was never going to go into anything like law enforcement or the freaking military, then you have to dominate people like economically or professionally you know, but there's still this idea of dominance. So yeah, that that was another part of ma- actually that's probably the the only part of masculinity. I shouldn't say the only, but one of the few parts of masculinity that I did buy into that really did take hold of me. Yeah. You know, sports, not so much. Physical strength, not so much. Being one of the guys, not so much. Getting the ladies, you know, not so much. But the idea that oh, you're gonna be a smart well-educated professional who does who who does better than their parents like that that to me that that to me is because i grew up with that idea like you got to do and my parents you know did fine i mean they both had college degrees together they made a six-figure income so actually maybe even more than that at one time but the idea that i have to do better and i think at some point and like better as defined as, you know, you have a bigger, nicer house and an even nicer neighborhood. <laughs> and your job is even more stressful, you know? Oh my God. If we had a giant house, just think about how paranoid I would be every time I opened it <laughs> and you weren't there. Even if you were there, we had too many rooms. That ghosts. We couldn't just always be, not ghosts, <laughs> the murderers. <laughs> <laughs> like actual real life, oh my God, they're here murderers. Yes. <laughs> was that, uh, what was that house, the Winchester house? The Winchester Mystery House Yeah. In <laughs> I feel like since there's just two of us, any house we live in would be no. could be like the Winchester murder. Like any house that has more than like four rooms in it, I'm gonna treat it like the Winchester murder. It's gonna be house. the Winchester murder. House. Too much. Uh, yeah, oh, my mind. My mind does not stop. It doesn't have a line. Especially if it has a basement and an attic. I fucking hate basements. <laughs> Fuck basements. I don't want to have my laundry in the basement. Oh my god, the worst. Going up and down those stairs. Oh. Carrying stuff. Oh yeah. my god. Fuck basement laundry. Fuck basements. <laughs> so, and then I think at, at one point in my early 20s, I think when I was back living at home, I looked around, I looked at the big house that my parents lived in, and I'm like, you know what? If I never do better or even as well as my parents, I'm okay with that. As long as I've got a decent place to live, food on the table, a job that I don't hate. And I'm not going into debt. 
and I've got some sort of retirement plan so that I don't have to work to death, which is the only thing right now that I feel like I don't have, um, then I'm okay. Like, I don't need to live like a fancy pants person. And I think that's, so to get back, wait, come back around to your (laughs) original question, um, why didn't you go to Blake High School? I think because I bought into that idea that masculinity equals financial and professional and success. And the way to achieve that was to go to the IB program, not the performing arts program, even though I really did, um, especially as I got older, learn that I really love performing and singing, but I just thought there wouldn't be like a future in it versus, you know, doing well academically. It's depressing. Yeah. (laughs) But hey, I mean, Uh. I'm learning. (laughs) I'm learning more i guess um you know taking up the guitar and singing and taking lessons and practicing and just kind of seeing where it goes i mean maybe that'll lead to something i don't know i hope it does i think it will you've got me (laughs) what you've got me oh you want to provide for both of us i mean Honestly, yes, that sounds awesome. If I was like doing something that gave me a ton of money, world, I, please give I'm me a lot of money. I'm not gonna stop you. I want to be a sugar mama. <laughs> I, hey, <laughs> the dream. I will. What? What would I be? Your sugar baby? 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 I was like, sugar boy sounds sugar. <laughs> just dump like weird. lumps on your head. Or you get the fancy cubes. We'd be so fancy. The fancy cube. You'd have fancy sugar cube money come in. Oh, Holy man. shit. My, my, my cubes come in sugar. My sugar comes in cubes. <laughs> Your cubes come in sugar. What are you even talking about Shut now? up, you. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh. Crap. I was going to ask something. I totally forgot. Something about masculinity? Probably. I wanted to know if you had any questions for me about my experience with masculinity, because I'm really bad at having having a conversation instead of an interview doing this. Yeah, so what are your experiences with masculinity? Okay, well, that was, that was vaguer than I hoped. <laughs> or, okay, or do you... Uh, is masculinity inherently harmful? Do you think the whole, even just the whole idea of it? No, no. I mean, I said this earlier. I don't think it is. Mm. Um, I mean, when I was a kid, I was extremely resistant to femininity. Mm. I, yeah, I definitely really like, I mean, I was extremely attached to my mother, but my dad was kind of what I wanted to be. Hmm. I you wonder know. if a lot of people feel that way. And I tried to emulate him, and I, I feel like I've told everyone this story of like when I was like nine or something, and I, I didn't quite have like any breast buds or anything yet, so it was actually probably before I was nine since I developed pretty early, but um, but I like took my shirt off and did um, like did like little uh, abdominal twists or something in the living room in front of the TV because mm. I'd see my dad do it, mm. you know, and he was like always barely wearing clothes just like shorts and going around topless and um and so you know i was very directly emulating him and you know i got my mom like yelled at me told me i couldn't do that and and yeah i mean i associated and and i was i signed up for sports for softball and um basketball so you signed up for sports yeah Oh, it's the opposite of me. Like, you spined up for sports. I tried to avoid them. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to play sports. I had Sports Illustrated Kids, (laughs) the magazine, and um, I was very into Michael Jordan for some reason. I think a lot of people were. I mean, that makes sense. But, but yeah. So, I had, like, weird Chicago Bulls deals, or Chicago Bulls merch um, for no good reason. (laughs) in north carolina and having having never watched a game i think um as far as i know uh watching sports is fucking boring uh, at least to me <laughs> most of the time basketball is probably one of the more interesting ones to watch though um but yeah like i i i associated like 
boy stuff with being more active like real very physically active and um so the first year i played softball i only played for two years but the first year i had like just gotten my ears pierced i i stared into the television um i think it was like one week when i was sick and stayed home from school and i was watching days of our lives (laughs) and i was just like staring at um at hope but she was she was in a princess gina moment uh and is this the days of our lives character yes (laughs) (laughs) and i was just like admiring like the smoothness of her hair and and like i noticed that she was wearing earrings in some scene and it occurred to me that like oh like maybe i could also have earrings this person has earrings and so I asked my mom, and I didn't expect her to say yes, and but she did. And so we got my ears pierced at the Piercing Pagoda in the Jacksonville Mall. Um, <laughs> so fucking dumb. And um, just saying the words Piercing Pagoda <laughs> just makes me feel not really ashamed, but just like, what? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Just makes me think of Doritos for some reason. Maybe <laughs> I ate Doritos afterward. But anyway, I was still in like the stud phase where the hole is establishing. Ew. Yeah, and you were. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> the stud phase where the hole is establishing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've all been there. Have we, though? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and anyway, like, the softball season started, and I, I had some weird hang-up or, or, I th- we were playing against this other team, obviously, and whenever I got to third base, um, and so I was like near the other team's dugout, I pushed my hair behind my ear. Oh right. And so so that the other team in the dugout could see, um, or like the, some of the people who were in the dugout. I guess if they were the the team on the field at the moment and we were the batting team then then fewer of them would be in the dugout but anyway um <laughs> well i think you should take about five minutes to explain <laughs> I have softball dynamics because i'm sure it's very integral to the i edited a whole like three minutes of what i recorded last week about how we went to the movie theater to see wonder woman it's like why am i talking this much about? i'm just giving way too much detail about shit that's not relevant to what i'm trying to say anyway um <laughs> um so i like pushed my hair back behind my ear so that the other team in the dugout could see who i was and recognize me um because like I knew some of those people and they were in my class or my classes, um, my past classes in previous years or something. And I really wanted to be recognized because that was during third grade and I had just started talking in school finally. Oh, yeah. and, and being out on a team playing a sport is just like, you know, like, look, I'm a person. I'm not just this silent blob shadow that's been in your class. Like, I'm a person. Please recognize me. Like, see, like, oh, that's her. She's doing that. I'm like, oh, she's doing things. <laughs> you know, I, I very desperately wanted to be recognized. But in doing that, I also showed off my new earring, which, um, and which, like, almost as soon as I got in the dugout of my own team, um, I was told that i have to like no wait i wasn't wearing studs i was just out of the stud face and i was wearing a ring i was wearing a hoop so i was told once i got into my dugout that i would have to wear studs mm. um or not wear anything mm. and so for some reason you know i guess i guess i, I stopped i started to wear nothing mm instead and let the holes close up and this is this this is the beginning of the tale of how i got my fucking ears pierced like four or five times <laughs> and have ended you know how many holes i have in my ears now you know zero yes <laughs> i let them close up every fucking time <laughs> i have had two hole, two holes in my ears i have had three holes in my ears i've had too many holes in my ears and they're all gone now 
Well, you've, you've still got your ear hole, though, right? Yes. I've okay. got all the naturally occurring holes in my ears. <laughs> they're, they're intact. That's good. But yeah, I mean, that's like a, that seems like a really direct mashup of like masculine, masculinity of a physical activity, a sport where there's like fucking running and dirt and shit, plus like the femininity of body decoration. Mm. And how I was like, okay, I will toss this for that. Then <laughs> I will toss the earring. Did it ever, did it ever make you mad that you felt like you had to make a choice? No. No. I don't think I did. Um, I mean, maybe it did. I don't remember it like that so much. Why do you think that you chose not to wear studs? Was it just like laziness or were you just like, fine, I'm done with earrings? Or? I don't know. Um, I think it was like once I'd gotten through the stud phase that I really wanted to wear the prettier ones and like the danglier earrings. <laughs> And, and so it's like, part of me was like, I'm annoyed and not willing to go back kind of. Cause I don't know. I couldn't find studs that I really liked cause studs are like, I don't know. They're boring or they were boring to me or like, it was hard to find something that was my style. Um, cause I'm, I like simple, but like when it's something's too simple, I'm just like, I'm bored and annoyed. Get out of my face. <laughs> I'm extremely picky. <laughs> just seems like a hassle. Earrings in general. Yeah, I mean, clearly I decided that the next year when I like finally let them close up. And Although I did successfully poke an earring through my ear in seventh grade after they'd been closed up for a couple years. Mm. That was maybe not the greatest idea. I didn't get infected or anything, but it did turn a little red. It didn't bleed all over the place? No. Oh. No. I found, like, where the hole used to be, and I kind of, like, poked it through. Ooh. Did <laughs> it hurt? Eh, a little bit. This is a long time ago. I actually remember. <laughs> this is a one-time thing. I haven't put them... I haven't tried to put earrings on again. You know, another thing I was just thinking, since you, we were talking about, like, earrings and how they're a hassle... <laughs> um, it's very specific about earrings. The... One thing that has made me kind of sad as I've gotten older is that the idea of masculinity as the default, um, or masculine as the default. Like, when you draw a stick figure, or like when I draw like a stick figure, it's like you assume that they're male. Like, they're male by default. And like, to make it female, you gotta like put like little fake, like like little boobs on it, or like put like like eyelashes on it or something like kind of like how Minnie Mouse looks like Mickey, but with like a skirt and eyelashes. Yeah. I think the skirt's a little more iconic than the curly hair, I guess. Yeah. But she's got eyelashes, but the idea I didn't mean Minnie Mouse. I meant like stick figures. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, you're right. Skirt. Yeah. You put a skirt on it because otherwise you just assume it's male. Which makes no sense because it's like you look at like, you know, traditional male female genitals. I'm like, which one is like more dangle free <laughs> in a skirt? I'm like, clearly it's it's yeah. uh, you know a little phallus and it's <laughs> it's little friends. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, a a vulva is already bisected. Why shouldn't it be in pants? It seems just right. <laughs> <laughs> I belong in pants. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like uh, a uh, a dick a bait and tackle belong in a an, in like a skirt or a kilt because it, that way it can be free yeah why don't you wear around. a, a utility kilt everywhere so and that's another thing i learned too when i started dating um like all the stuff that, that utility kilts are <laughs> not a great thing <laughs> i feel like they're like the uniform if you're a bear you know what I'm saying? Like, oh. not an actual bear, but, I mean, you know, a bear. Both are beautiful, and I love them. <laughs> Although, I would love to see an actual bear in a utility kilt. Oh, I feel that would be hilarious. That would be so sweet. <laughs> it's I would got let like, it maul me. I mean, nothing. It's got, like, like a hammer and a saw and, like, a little screwdriver. It's like, how would you even use these bear? What are you doing? <laughs> as, it, as it eats me. Um, it's just hiding tools in its sporin. That seems <laughs> unnecessary. But... I would think it would keep, like, a honeycomb. That makes sense. Like a little snack. Because every bear is Winnie the Pooh, is <laughs> the truth, apparently. 
Hey, boo boo. I don't remember that That's episode where Winnie the Pooh mauls Christopher Robin. God, I wish that chance. happened. Christopher Robin is a fucking ugh. He's always telling all those little animals in the Hundred Acre Wood what to do with their lives. Fuck off, Christopher. Like he's Robin. some sort of great moral sage. He's like fucking to your family. nine years old or something. I just want Pooh to be like, don't you have a fucking waspy family to go back to, you fucking colonialist prick? Get the fuck out of here, Christopher. Christopher White Man's Burden Robbins. Christopher Robin, this land of its rifle owned. <laughs> Christopher Rudyard Kipling. Robin. Anyway, but yeah, masculinity. So like, I didn't realize there was like this whole world, these extra things that women had to deal with before I started dating women. Like, I just can't I, walk like, anywhere. I know that women down. had breasts, but I didn't realize that like have like shopping for a bra and finding a comfortable bra and not being able to like have a good day without like a bra that's comfortable and fits like yeah. i never realized that was such a thing and also the whole idea yeah. of like men as predators or like which like again i was vaguely aware mm-hmm. of but like i never realized that you know women would like if they were going on a date with someone that they'd never met that they would often call their friends and have like an emergency plan because every guy that they would they date had the potential to be like a rapist or a murderer or just an abusive asshole or some combination of mm-hmm. all three. And like, I didn't, I didn't realize that because being a man, that's, that's another, you know, masculine privilege, all this crap I didn't have to worry about. Like I, I would almost certainly not have to worry about getting raped by a woman. If I go on a date, it's not impossible, but pretty unlikely. Um, and just and just even being on the street and going home at night like i'm not generally afraid to walk at night yeah you take walks at crazy times (laughs) and i'm not afraid to i mean maybe i should be but i'm not and even like just the other day when that stranger the guy who was um doing the bike class that i was going to offered Mm -hmm. to give me a ride and even i i was just i was even a little bit hesitant but I ended up doing it, but I and I feel if I'd been a woman, I wouldn't have done it at all. Definitely not. And that that sort of not me at least. <laughs> yeah, that sort of masculine mm-hmm. privilege, you know, that life is easier. It is if you're a male because you there's so much shit you don't have to worry about. You know, there's there's so many little microaggressions and things like bras and. <laughs> you know microaggressions and, and bras <laughs> anything from bras to to rapists it's like it's not it wasn't even on my radar i i think so much of of it's it's like masculinity like i guess i there was so much that i hated about it because there was so much overt like you know, from from men that I felt like were or young boys, I guess I felt that were better at, at being masculine because they were bigger or stronger or tougher and more aggressive, more assertive, more. They seem to be better at being able to pick up women. So there's that negative side of it. But then there's also, I guess, the positive side, which also seems negative of like, oh, I don't have to worry about getting raped. Oh, I don't or it's very unlikely, you know, or I don't have to worry about um bras and i don't have to worry about like if being a professional i don't have to worry about oh being thought of as a bitch if i'm too bossy or you know all that kind of stuff which kind of sucks but i guess it is a privilege (laughs) so whenever you say um getting women i always picture you as like a 14 year old and i'm like well you shouldn't be doing that anyway (laughs) (laughs) calm down sir well even like just even being comfortable around women, like being able to flirt with women, being able to, you know, not necessarily, you know, go home and like bang every woman you're attracted Ew. to. Okay. But, but like just being comfortable and flirtatious and like maybe making out with them every once in a while and like dating and stuff like that. Like I felt like I couldn't do that at all um, as a high schooler and even into my 20s. Do you think that you flirted with me? I think so. Did, okay. I must have, didn't I? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I thought we just had conversations. 
We just I don't know what hot is, and I'll not really understand what flirt. I can't tell the line between flirting and just like talking kind of weird. And mm. I am used to talking kind of weird, so um, and like talking kind of awkwardly to most people. <laughs> so I can't really tell. I can't tell when I am being perceived as flirting or when other people are. Dude, I don't know. I don't understand it. I'm uh, like not completely tone deaf to it, but I'm like pretty tone deaf to it. I mean, I guess to me, flirting was just. I guess I would define it, at least the way I did it. Like I wouldn't have like like game or like a scenario or some weird pickup artistry bullshit. No, we met in a church. We did. <laughs> we met near the mustard. <laughs> we met in a Unitarian Universalist church. Um, but. We met near the condiments. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're going to edit that out, aren't you? Uh, maybe not. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. I define flirting as just being able to, for me, was always just being able to carry on a conversation with someone I found attractive, and they are happier because of it. <laughs> not necessarily like, hey, girl, how you doing? Ew. But like, you know, just talking about something that, and just carrying on a conversation, that's nice, I guess. I don't know. That's that's all it was. Such a nice conversation. Yeah. He's <laughs> so nice. And having them not and having them want to talk more. conversate with me again Oof. in the future. <laughs> don't say conversate in my presence, please. Uh yeah. What were we talking about? Masculinity? Flirting. flirting. <laughs> Girls, little children who think that you're my mom. Little children who think I'm your mom. Oh, great. Um, have you had any positive experiences with masculinity? I don't, I mean, I know that's kind of a weird question. With like witnessing other people embody masculinity or in, or in trying to engage in it myself or? Either one. I, I guess, I don't know. Who would you consider? (sighs) Who would you consider to be a man who is? I don't know. It's weird to say this, like, like masculine and positive, or I don't know. What What are some examples of positive masculinity? Can you give me like examples of it? <laughs> the first example that came to my mind was Nicolas Cage in National Treasure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't think that's a positive masculinity. I mean, example. I guess you could do worse. Certainly not in the the treatment of like the only female character um but i don't know <laughs> that was just my first thought <laughs> um example of positive masculinity because all the examples i come up with are like instances where the, the moments i'm thinking about as exemplifying the positive are moments when there is a break from what's taught to be masculine Mm. Um, meaning that you know since people raised to be masculine people raised to grow into men are generally uh, trained or encouraged trained like puppies encouraged to um, to not show feeling Mm. uh, except for maybe anger uh, but like certainly not to show sadness. Hmm. Um, yeah, I I think all the instances that are coming into my brain are like moments when men have been like very frank about their um, their suffering and their sadness. Um, masculine. Okay, the thing is like masculinity and femininity as they are as they can be taught as as like capital letter words as roles to fill are are both shitty ass traps and and you need to find trap doors for both of them um to reach out touch and get hold of of the other if you're like in the femininity trap reach hold and grab pieces of masculinity um which you have to do to be taken anywhere seriously but you'll still be mocked for not being a real woman 
yeah, I picture them like like tall glasses with a little space in between. And uh, like drinking glasses, not like seeing glasses. <laughs> uh, and um, I, oh, my urge is to like, yeah, I'm like, all, all I want to do is have like the cat of the universe of society of all of us just just gently toss both glasses down toward each other and so they break into a thousand glass shards and everything spilled out into a shared space what would what would that world look like you think i mean I mean, obviously, biologically, there would still be male yeah. and female. Based yeah, on just the concept of, of you know, mental, emotional, psychological, gender, and gender training. Um, not having anything to do with, like, your biological aspects. Um, but, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, um, and maybe just because we're young, but I feel like it's getting closer to that. Um, we are the gayest generation. Oh, God, I love it. <laughs> Hope so. I don't think we are. I think the, the ones coming up are even better. You're probably going to be right. Love it. <laughs> That's all I want. Thus ends part one of my discussion with Reese about masculinity, gender, roles in society, expectations flirting the winchester mystery house what else did we talk about earrings earrings v softball and um me waging a quiet quiet war on clarinetists and oboists i'm sorry i love the whole band i mean kind of i don't have strong feelings before i get totally distracted by band instruments and the vendettas i have against them let me go over some show business because this is only episode four i think and i have not actually shared this so you can subscribe to the worst person in the room through itunes stitcher TuneIn radio google play and any service that kind of siphons from those services i use short orange to listen to my podcasts and i think they take from itunes we also have twitter and facebook pages at worst person pod for both of them thank you for listening I'm your host, Teresa Francesca, and I think I've been the worst person in the room. Honestly, it doesn't matter. The world is a lie.